Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 139. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. On today's show, I'm really excited to have Donia Bumgarner on as part of the Friendpreneur series. Donia is a coach, a podcaster, a mom, and a project manager. So if you know me, you know that she and I have a ton in common. And this is just one of those amazing conversations where we talk shop on so many different levels. There's a lot about podcasting in this episode if you are interested in starting your own show, and there's a lot about the growth that happens as a mom and becoming a coach. I just know you're going to love Donia. Before we get to the show, first I want to say welcome. Thank you so much as always for joining us here. Jumpstart Your Joy is a weekly podcast that comes out on Tuesday mornings, and you can find it on any of the regular podcasting apps. I always publish show notes for each episode so you can follow along with the conversation and also get any of the links that we talk about. Donia and I share a couple of favorite books in this episode, and you can find them at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Donia, which is spelled D-O-N-A. While you're over on the website, you will also find another 138 other episodes all about joy and how to find joy in your life along with the past episodes in the Friendpreneur series, which include Christy Tending, Michelle Ward, Laura Heacock, to name a few. I'm also super excited to announce that this episode is being brought to you by my very own Podcasting Fundamentals class. It is a short series of emails that you can sign up for that will help you navigate starting your own podcast. When you start the series, you'll get my full list of recommended hardware and software that you'll need to start your own show. And then a couple of the mindset things that come up around starting your show and putting your voice out there in front of other people. I love working with people on this process and I've put a lot of my heart and soul into this series. If you want to sign up for the fundamentals course, it is free and you can find it on the front page of jumpstartyourjoy.com. Just click on the big podcasting fundamentals banner on the front page. It'll be on the slider and you'll get enrolled right away. Plus, I'm also going to start up my podcasting bootcamp, which will take you from an idea to your own show in just eight weeks. And that'll start in the next couple of months, you'll be on the VIP list to be the first notified for when that comes out if you sign up for Podcasting Fundamentals. So I am so thrilled to have Donia on this week. We really do talk a whole lot about what comes up as project managers, how you can leverage your skill set in new ways, how it's sometimes so easy when you're starting a business and starting something new that you kind of push aside the things and the skills that come most easily and most naturally to you. And in our case, some of this is really that project management skill set, which is something that I toy with all the time. How can I bring this into the things that I offer clients? And so it's really a fascinating conversation from that standpoint. Maybe you, if you have your own business, have also found that you kind of push away the things that come easily for you and you could be rolling them into the business that you have. I think you'll find that this episode has so many actionable items in it that you're just going to want to take notes and, and really dive in later. So let's get on to the conversation with Donia Bumgarner. You guys, welcome to the Friendpreneur Series. I am so excited to have Donia Bumgarner on. Oh my gosh, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Paula. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I know. I'm excited to have you. So... I um I would love for you to explain. Well, why don't I first explain? So the Friendpreneur series, if you guys are like, what is this? So I love once a month, I get to talk to somebody who is a friend of mine and also on the entrepreneur journey. And so I made up the word friendpreneur. And that's what this is all about. It's a great word. I know. I love it. It's fun to say. It's actually hard to say, <laughs> which maybe I should have thought about before I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, so Donia and I know each other through coach training and she has an amazing podcast called Nurturing Habit. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I love it. And, and I love how you've constructed your seasons as well. So would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what you do and, and who you work with? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a f- fairly new coach, like, because <laughs> we just met through this program not that long ago. Um, so I, for years, I've been writing about uh, motherhood and mindfulness and motherhood and um, sort of in that vein. And then I went to coach training, uh, the CLCC program, and realized that that was really the piece that was missing from the work I wanted to do. So now I'm working as a coach. um, And, you know, it's been an interesting journey, right? So, so I thought I would leave behind my mindfulness stuff and start something else entirely. And I experimented Mm -hmm. with that. And, so this has been part of my journey is just honing in on who I want to work with. So just recently, I have really gotten clear that the people I want most to work with are other creative entrepreneurs, creative and service entrepreneurs, so coaches and yoga teachers and um, artists and photographers, all that, all those sorts yeah. of people who are moms and who are really struggling with that balance of trying to run a business and also be really present in their family and for their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this particular piece of, you know, I don't know how specific it is to where I live, but certainly where I live in Northern California, there are a lot of women who left their careers in order to stay home with their kids, at least for a little while. And then they started something on the side and have had this weird sort of realization that, you know, as much as they want to be at home with their kids, it's also really hard to be at home with your kids. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that this other thing is really feeding them and it's really important to them. But then how do you balance, especially when you made a really clear decision to leave a career, how do you balance a new career with the parenting that you gave up your other career for? So it's just a really interesting path. Um, So that's who I'm working with now. And of course, all of my, all my mindfulness and um, parenting stuff, you know, came right along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Well, and it's so, so I love that, um, the kind of what the niche there, not that these people are a niche, but like, but that there is something so very interesting about that, what the pull, because I've experienced it myself is why I'm kind of diving in there of like, Mm -hmm. yes, I want to stay home. I'll be honest. I just said that out loud. Like, yes, I would love to stay home. (laughs) But then the reality of it is when I'm home, it's very apparent that I also need time for myself and that it is um, stressful. It is demanding. It is a lot to be with one-on-one. I have one child, but like with one kid, any one person probably all the time and be there, be their whole world. Like, I don't know. There's, there's that piece, you know, being the whole world to one person. But then I think for a lot of people and for me, especially, I mean, this was my journey too. Of course, I left a career. I I was a program manager. I ran a a team of project managers at Apple Mm -hmm. for a decade, over a decade. And then I left when I was pregnant. And so I was home with a baby Mm -hmm. alone (laughs) (laughs) after after working you know, a really high pressure, high intellect, high speed job. And I was frankly bored out of my mind. You know, I mean, I I loved being home with my baby. That was fantastic. But also, you know, my partner would come home and I'd be like, tell me what you did today. Because I I need an adult conversation. (laughs) I need to hear about the real world. What was hard in your life today? I need can I problem solve for you? Yeah. Yeah. So that piece of, you know, really and and shortly after that, I started doing freelance writing. I tried on several different careers during this time. I started doing freelance writing, and then I started a blog. and 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 I realized really quickly that that stuff was really just a really important intellectual and mental outlet for me. And if I didn't do it, and I even had to hire childcare in order to do it, which was a really difficult path for me to walk. You know, here I am at home with my kid on purpose and then I'm hiring a sitter to take care of her. But if I didn't do it, I was not a good mom. You know, like I had this weird balance I had to work out with how much do I feed myself so that I can feed her or be there for her. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I think that's so, yeah, there is a conflict there. I mean, I think it probably happens at different layers for all sorts. Whatever you've decided to do as a parent or what you're able to do as a parent, 
work versus home, whatever that looks like. Like it's a, it's very conflicting because mm. I, and it's really, what is it? It's super hard. I think there's something, especially around having someone come in or you're taking your kid to daycare or like, there's something really hard about handing off the care. <laughs> like, yeah, I think maybe that's, that's one of like the linchpins of it. Of like, yeah. I, it's very hard for me to give this child to someone else. What, what do you think that is? Well, you know, it, it, there's so many, so many things, what that is. Mm-hmm. A big piece of it is, I think, cultural pressure. You know, there's this idea that if you're the mom, you need to do everything. You know, you have to be the good mom, the good parent, the perfect mom, super mom. You know, all, we have lots of words for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them are unsustainable. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, especially for moms who left something in order to be the at-home parent, the, I think the idea of, well, I gave up something to do this, so I should be all in and all in can look really actually overwhelming and also unsustainable, you know, but we had like, we build this idea of what it means to be an at-home parent that doesn't actually fit for who we actually are as people. So yeah, the guilt comes up like, well, I should be super mom. Super mom shouldn't need to do this. Super mom shouldn't need to, you know, work to be sane. Super super mom shouldn't need to, shouldn't ever feel like she needs to run away from her kids or shouldn't need, you know, just some quiet time. And then, you know, there's the reality of what it's like to be at home with a child in, in our particular child raising culture. And, you know, I've, I've read a lot about how read and written a lot about how child rearing has changed. And, you know, our mother's generation, even if our mothers, like my mother was a totally an attachment parent without, you know, they didn't call it that then. They just called it right. parenting. Yeah. Um, but she didn't expect to entertain me all the time where, mm-hmm. you know, I was home with my baby and I was, I thought I needed to entertain her constantly. I didn't, but I thought I did. So right. we have this expectation of what parenting looks like and what good parenting looks like. And then there's, you know, like attachment parenting and there's all this really high touch parenting styles that require so much from both parents really, but honestly, really the mother um, that leave no space for anything else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, my mom was an attachment parent, but also she was writing a book and running a store. You know, she had a health food store when I was a kid. And, you know, so, yeah, we were with her, but she wasn't entertaining us <laughs> the way <laughs> yeah. that I thought I had to entertain my toddler. <laughs> yes. Oh. So the expectations are just different. Yeah. And I'm thinking of the book it's overwhelmed by Bridget Schulte. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's how mm-hmm. she pronounces it, but that it's not really a parenting book, but it kind of is. I don't Have you read it? I haven't read it. It's on my shelf, but uh, it's yeah. right here on my shelf. It yeah. is so good. I'll link up to it, but like it really talks about, I think it's in the Danish countries that it's a very different approach um, that both the parents come together and say, how do we want our, like it's, it's life design, basically. It's yeah. like, how do we want this to look? But it's deeply encouraged as a culture, which we're not all really encouraged to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that one's a really good one. That one, yeah. it is really. Yeah, I, I'm sure I picked it up because I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. And then, of course, I was overwhelmed. So I, didn't read it yet. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that it's sitting very, this is an ironic placement. It's sitting next to the four hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of that. And The War of Art. Those are some good titles. All you need Aspirational to reading right there. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. Well, and do you want to talk about what is lighting you up or inspiring you right now as you're looking at working, I don't know, either either in work or in life? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a few things going on. So I'm definitely feeling really inspired because this this real clarity about who I wanted to work with has only come fairly recently. And honestly, I've struggled with this, you know, like really trying to get clear on who I wanted to work with for months. So I'm feeling just really super inspired by having having had it click, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So that is really inspiring me. And then another piece of that puzzle for me was that, you know, I mentioned that I used to work at Apple as a project manager and I have in all of my work, any part of my work um, from leaving Apple up to now, which has been almost eight years, I have really 
stayed away from that project management piece. Like, I don't want to be a project manager. I don't <laughs> want to go to back to corporate work. I don't yep. want to be, you know, working in business. I don't want to be a consultant. Like, I just, I just don't want to do it. But someone said to me recently, you have really valuable skills and you are throwing them under the bus. <laughs> mm. And I was like, huh, that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, are ways that I can use these skills that are not being a project manager or going back to corporate work or, you know, being a consult, a project management consultant in that way. Um, and I realized that there are, and there actually are with the target market that I want to work with, which is that all these, all these mama entrepreneurs, ma- mamapreneurs, there's another word that's really hard to say and stop, <laughs> yeah. often need more strategic support, you know, like, the stuff that comes super naturally to me, like how to manage your to-do list and how to set priorities and how to streamline your business and set up tools and, you know, like all the things that make your work life easier so that you can have more time with your kids or your family or just not be working all the time. Yep. Like that's super easy for me and I can teach those skills and I don't have to be a project manager. <laughs> so <laughs> right? like yeah. finally like the light bulb went off, like, oh, I can use my skills in ways that are really, really helpful to other people. And then yeah. the piece of that that I realized and that I think is the what's the really interesting, exciting part to me is that part of my resistance to doing all to teaching time management is that so much of what we hear about time management is in the pursuit of doing more. So it's, it's productivity, you know, like you can do, you can work faster so you can get more done. You can work faster so you can get everything done. You know, you can, (laughs) it just makes me tired even saying it. So what I realized is that my goal in teaching productivity skills and helping moms run their businesses in a more efficient way is not so that they can do more. Of course they can, if they want to, but my goal in that is so that they can do less or that they can spend less time doing what they want to do so that they can do more of the other things they want to do that are feeling crunched. So for example, if you have, you know, I have like 15 hours a week to work on my business because my really strong priority is to be available for my daughter when she's not at school. So my goal is to do as much in those 15 hours as I possibly can, because I don't want to expand those hours (laughs) to more than that, you know, right now in my life. So how much can I fit into 15 hours so that I can then stop and be totally present for my daughter and not feel guilty about what I didn't get done because I know I'm getting as much done as I can. So that's like that piece of, you know, teaching people how to be more productive so that they can do less. That's like super inspiring to me. I am getting goosebumps <laughs> over that idea. And because it's so interesting because the the conversation with Michelle Ward also kind of kind of slid into this territory too of like right-sizing the effort. Because I think, yeah. especially in these first couple years of like trying to build something up, um, like there's that all the time thing. Like you literally could work all the time and you yeah. don't have a, an hour, you know, a clock right. to punch, so to speak, even if you're a sal- you used to be salaried. Like, but there was a number of hours and then you would leave and it was done. But, yeah. You know, well, you know, working at Apple, it kitchen. always sort of felt like, the, like I could all, I could just work forever and I'd never catch up. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of are. companies are like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, I, that's, a, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Yeah. Wait, that's a new conversation we could have about how to what, like kind of escape that that mentality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there really is that thing where it's really hard, and especially with a child, to to be present for one thing, your business, and then present, is, which is what you really want to do. And what I really want to do is for the, for my son as well. Cause I don't, I don't want him to be like, yeah, mommy is always on the computer, but it is cute that he'll say mommy is a podcaster. He doesn't know what else I do, (laughs) (laughs) but that's my job title for him. I love it. Yeah. My daughter thinks I'm a librarian because I work in her school one day a week, (laughs) (laughs) which I totally love, even though I have no training as a librarian, I'm not at all a librarian. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all need to make, I don't know, this would be a funny little practice, like business cards of what our kids or somebody else, like our favorite title we've ever been given. And just put that up somewhere. I'd be like, that's right. Yeah. Librarian. (laughs) (laughs) You just asked my daughter. 
Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So what else is going on in your business? Do you want to talk about your podcast a little bit? Because yeah, yeah. I know if anybody so, ever asked me, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's right. talk podcast. Yeah. So let me tell you, there's a couple things going on. So one thing is I, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that one of the things I'm um, embracing as I'm thinking about these more strategic ways that I can help people is that I've actually just launched a really tiny little package that I'm excited about, um, which is a, it's called get unstuck. And so it's, it's really for anyone that's unstuck, but the way (laughs) who's stuck, but the way I wrote the copy is that it's for um, mama creative entrepreneurs who are in a place where maybe life threw a curveball at them. So I've, I've heard from a lot of women who like just had a baby or, you know, they just moved to a new city and their business and life balance was going kind of okay. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't ever perfect, but it was kind of going okay. And then they had this change and now they're just like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they think they have to quit. And, and so they're at their place where like, I might have to quit my business and I don't want to quit my business and I don't know how to handle it. So this little package is like, 90 minutes of coaching just to get through that unstuck part and get you back on the path of being, you know, kind of knowing what your plan is and your priorities are. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited it. about that. So it's that's one thing. Um, and I think that does, I see your project management. I mean, I'm also, hi friends. I'm also a project manager. So I yeah. see project management, <laughs> like a really strong offering in that because yeah. part of it's like, what can you, well, I'm, no, I'm just talking about this, like, but I could be really excited about what can you compartmentalize is like just specifically things to do. And then how do you set aside time to work for mm-hmm. on your own self and feel good about what yeah. else is going on? Because really a move or lots of life's curveballs. I mean, they are not strictly a project, but there's a way to kind of work through them. A move is a project. I mean, that's. Oh, let's absolutely. Yeah. And having a baby is a project. Yeah. But in that place place of being stuck, you know, I mean, that's one specific way it might come up for people, but that, that idea of being stuck in a decision and, you know, maybe it's the decision whether to have the baby or not, or maybe it's the decision whether to move or not. Yeah. Um, Or maybe it's the decision about whether to keep the business or not. You know, that for one client, that was actually the thing that she needed help with, you know, like, how do I decide? That's juicy to have like the middle space for you in that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she came out the other side feeling really peaceful about her decision. So yeah, so I'm really excited about that because I love helping people get unstuck. It's one of my favorite things to do. And then I'm also working on another similar kind of package that's going to be really um, around um, helping people get on top of their to-do list. You know, for for those of you who have that to-do list that's never ending and you can't get it done and, you know, <laughs> that. <laughs> I can help with that. So I haven't I haven't written that that package yet, but, you know, if people are listening to this and, and that appeals to them, I can help with that. So get in touch. So, yeah, those are the, those are the big things happening in my business, um, the coaching part of the business. And then, of course, I have this podcast, which I love doing. So, as you said, it's called Nurturing Habit, and it's a bi-weekly podcast because, like I said, I work 15 hours a week, and a weekly podcast is not in the cards for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, I run it in seasons. So I do topical seasons, um, which has been really, really fun for me. And <clears throat> I just want to talk about that for a second because... Yes, please do. I love what? how you organize it. Cause I think, yeah. I mean, let's underline that for a second. Like, I think a lot of people, what they get into the story of this is how a podcast should look. And by that, I would say like kind of the standard people get really hung up on that. I mean, that's kind of one of the things we go through in class, but like that you or not you specifically, but the people feel like it's gotta be a weekly one. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my story. In fact, I thought it had to be weekly. I thought it had to go for a full year, which was a season, which is I keep doing it, but it is, hello, insane. And (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't know, there's like, you see maybe somebody else, because I I don't want to call anybody out specifically, but you see how they're doing it. But like, well, I could see, say that like the John Lee Dumas option is not for me. I think he's a daily show. And that's, that would, that would not work at all. Well, and he probably has a lot of help. I mean, yeah, that's the difference. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. When you're a DIY podcaster, that really limits what you can do. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great point too. I mean, Martha Stewart is no longer as in vogue as maybe she once was, but she has a team. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's not coming up with those crafts on her own. 
Right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I was thinking a lot about how podcasting is different for different people this morning because, you know, Danielle Laporte has a new podcast yes. and she posted a story this morning. I follow her on Instagram. She posted a story this morning about how she was recording her last episode and she like walked you into the building and she has a team and she's in a professional recording studio. Mm hmm you know, or someone else is doing the audio mixing for her. And therefore somebody else is, I'm sure doing all the editing and processing and totally. Yeah. And you're like, all she's doing is showing up with her voice, which is awesome. You know, her voice and her heart are absolutely the value in that podcast, but she is not doing the rest of it. And Mm -hmm. therefore her podcast looks different than the rest of us who are doing the rest of it. I love that you're underlining that part. Cause I think, and it is, it's hard once you're even in the game, like for me, at least like, you know, almost three years in, it is a total rush when my show shows up on top 200 under personal journals, because it's sitting next to someone like her and it's like, (laughs) holy crap. I mean, here, I will take a selfie right now. I will post this. Okay. You will see what this, this magic looks like. Hi, I'm in a dirty kitchen. <laughs> I did, there was a dog here. Here, let's take a picture of him. And the, like, that's the team. There, there right. is. Like, right. Yeah. No, and, and I have posted curtain. pictures of my <laughs> my recording situation several times in Instagram. And you know, sometimes I'm like sitting in the back bedroom, which. Yes is slash the room where I put everything I don't know what to do with or I haven't taken a goodwill yet. So, you know, my recording studio is me sitting on the floor in front of the futon couch piled up with, you know, the clothes I'm going to donate and the leftover, you know, the extra stuffies and the, you know, whatever. It's not professional, (laughs) but it works. It is. Well, and I think that's one of the things that's so exciting. I mean, I, I, I say what I say, but then like, you and I are both, these shows are on, well, now called Apple Podcasts, but like we're in the mix with the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, like that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know another medium that allows you to do this. So that's one of my, I love it. Like, yeah. yes, so I love it. But tell us about, so tell us how you decided, or I don't know, what of your first two seasons, I already know the answers, but what are your first two seasons <laughs> about? And like, yeah. how did you narrow yourself like, how did you say, yeah, that's it. That I want to open up with, because, okay, just talk about your first season, because you went yeah. bold on a first season. I went bold. Yeah. Um, so my first season was about grief, about nurturing yes. ourselves in grief. And um, I thought that my whole podcast was going to be about grief. That's I just thought it was going to be on the topic of nurturing and grief. Um, and um, so I took I took your podcast classes. That's where this process happened. And And I remember being on a call with you coming into it going, yeah, my, my podcast is going to be about grief. And, you know, and you had said in that week's lesson, the PDF for that week was like, don't, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but it was basically don't pick a topic that you can't just talk about for a year or years, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. you have to be able to talk about it for a long time. And even though that felt super, that topic felt super urgent for me, um, I knew I wasn't going to want to talk about it for years. But I was really stuck about what else I wanted to talk about. And something clicked in that phone call where, and I think another student in the class was talking when it clicked for me, I was like, oh, that could be a season. (laughs) And I could talk about nurturing ourselves in all these other ways. And, and so I started brainstorming. Well, I'm sorry to the other student, but I was probably totally not listening because I started brainstorming. Um, (laughs) That's but I, like, I now have like, you know, six years worth of topics. Of oh. So, yes. you know, I could do this as long as I want to. And I can, I'm sure I could circle back to some of those topics again, five years from now, because I'll have different thoughts about them. Um, so my first season was about grief. Mm-hmm. And the current season's about self-care. And, um, and then I have future topics about like nurturing yourself and your business and nurturing your health and nurturing yourself as a mother and... I don't even, I don't have the list in front of me, but you know, it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did make a strategic decision to start with grief. And that was, that was a really interesting decision for me because, and I want to say both because I am sort of a quiet, um, quiet voiced, don't put myself out there kind of person in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. I mean, I have strong opinions, but I mostly have strong opinions with people I know well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love 
that you know that about yourself that like it, it is maybe can I say it feels a little bit more vulnerable to you to like yeah. start voicing things that well I mean grief is is a tough topic it's a tough topic yeah and and I started there because I felt like this if I was going to do this if I was going to do a podcast and create a space to have these conversations I wanted it to be really clear that I was going to be talking about real stuff and I wasn't going to shirk the topic. Yeah. And also grief was really present in my life right then. Um, I had uh, come through cancer treatment. I had breast cancer a few years ago. Um, I had lost my father not that long ago. My father died of cancer at the same time I was in treatment for cancer. Um, My relationship had gotten really impacted by all of those things. And we were living separately for quite some time. So I was in it, you know, I was in that topic. So, you know, on one hand, I, I tackled that topic because I needed to talk about it. (laughs) I needed, and, and that was how the idea for the podcast started was like, I want to call people who can give me some good advice on this topic. I want to learn some stuff about it. Oh, I Mm -hmm. could record it (laughs) and then make it a podcast. (laughs) Well, and it's beautiful. I mean, that's, I love, I love that aspect of it, that it, I mean, you do get to talk about things with fun people or, or experts on things like whatever it is for you but like how brave and how vulnerable and how amazing for you to walk right in to the space like wow yeah and it was hard I mean and I and I definitely had vulnerability hangover for the first few episodes (laughs) like oh my gosh I am talking about people dying (laughs) on the internet (laughs) and I'm hoping people will listen to me and love the podcast um, but you know, the thing is that people have loved the podcast and I think especially mm-hmm. that episode, um, I'm sorry, that season, I, I mean, I, I get great feedback all the time on the on the podcast now, the self-care topics that I'm talking about now, but it's not touching people in the way that that first series touched people, you know, where yeah. people would send me messages and say, you know, I just lost my mom and this episode really spoke to me. I thank mm-hmm. you so much for doing it. And and I was like, you know, just one of those would have been enough to make it worth it for me. And I got a bunch, a bunch of those people. Wow. This really made a difference for me. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, and that's gorgeous. I mean, and that's the other really cool thing I think about podcasting is it's still, it's so, and an interesting choice with grief as well. It's like, it's so personal. Like um, I had Hi, I'm just gonna say, hey, Nicole, I had a coworker come over to me and not Nicole and say like, hey, I'm a listener. And <laughs> like, I feel, you know, like, and I like listening. And I we had the conversation. This is where that's leading of like, yeah, and I know that it is being a listener to other shows. Like, I feel like I know just lively really well. And I feel like I also participate in conversations in my own head probably but like about really deep topics because these people are in my car or they're Mm -hmm. you know I'm out gardening Mm -hmm. and listening like these are just moments for me but yet there's somebody else in it so I think it's I could see where the grief conversation what there's something about it like if I mean I was one of your guests for that for that season I definitely when I was still kind of trying to unpack coachy word but like trying to figure out what the hell was going on for myself like having what a discreet way of exploring a topic as deep as grief would have been a balm right like there's something really interesting about jumping in with it because you don't have to actively participate too much but you know oh my gosh I'm not the only one yeah yeah and and I went into that series my very first episode like I really felt like I had to explain why I was doing this. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to just jump in cold. So in my very first episode, um, if people want to listen to that, it's I, I really talked about my story, you know, why this topic and why was it so important to me and how had I got to there? And and I told my whole story, you know, like, you know, I had miscarriages and I, well, I won't tell the whole story right now because I'm not going to do it justice. But anyway, bad stuff happened. Um and I was sad. <laughs> That's the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> really hard stuff happened and I was sad. Um, and it was really, you know, like when I wrote it all out, because I script my solo episodes, mm-hmm. um, I wrote it all out and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, people are going to think I'm just asking for sympathy or, 
I don't know, you know, and that wasn't why I was telling the story. And I say that in that episode that I'm not telling the story because I want you to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you the story because this is just where I am right now. And sometimes we get to a place where we've been through a really hard period in life and we're still moving, you know, we're, we're okay. Yeah. But it's marked us. It's marked us in a really deep way. And so how do you learn to carry that new thing and not, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like, how do you let that scar heal in a way that's not disfiguring? I guess that's the metaphor I'll use. Like, you know, you have a new scar, but you know, you can, you can move through it. You can do the therapy, whatever, and have a life that honors that, but isn't um, defined by it. And so that was the process I was going through. And that was why I wanted to talk with all those people was to kind of learn those skills and share them, you know, for, for other people who have walked through really hard things and hopefully not as many hard things all at once. Like I did, because that no shouldn't happen to anybody, but you know, we've all, we all have them, you know, someone we love dies or, you know, we lose a baby or we get cancer, you know, stuff happens. And we're not taught those skills of resilience. No, we really are not. So I wanted to gather all that stuff together so that when people need some resilience training, you know, (laughs) here's a place to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, the breadth, but also like the depth of that topic just mm-hmm. yeah so i mean and your your beauty in in holding space for it and talking about it like that was just inspired mm-hmm. so thank you yeah yeah you're welcome <laughs> yeah um let's see so i mean because i i get the sense maybe we just need to have another full conversation about podcasting because <laughs> i'm like i won't keep talking about that but, okay, but after the friendpreneur <laughs> content. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to come um, back and talk about yeah. podcasts more. Oh, yeah, let's do yeah. that. I think that's fun. Um, <laughs> I geek out about that a lot. You've talked a little bit about your edge, like where your growth is, but yeah. where do you see yourself? Because clearly you are comfortable with jumping in and pushing yourself to, <laughs> to those places that are like, ooh, that seems juicy and yet kind of terrifying. So what are you playing with right now? Yeah. So right now, the thing for me is getting more in front of people in person um, and also just getting more visible with my business and, you know, who I want to coach and how I want to coach them. And yeah, th- there's this piece, we talked about this a little bit before the recording started, but this this piece of when you're a personal coach, um, it's different. It's harder to market. It's harder to explain to people what the benefit is that you can give them. And, you know, we know as coaches, like we know how useful it is, but for people who've never done it before, they don't necessarily understand that. So just being able to talk about my business in a way that appeals to people and also feels authentic to me, you know, like I, I don't want to fall back to, you know, the five great things you're going to get from coaching. Yeah. But also, how do I talk about it in a way that's going to tell someone that, yeah, that's really going to help them in their life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just exploring and experimenting with that. And then also try, just trying to do more stuff in person. So, and and this is, this is a big edge for me. Um, mm-hmm. I am, I am an introvert. I really like being alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I, do not, I do not like public speaking. I'll, I I have been told I'm fairly good at it, but I really dislike it. Yeah. Um, I do not want to go to networking events. Um, plus the whole, like, how do I talk about my business issue comes up. So I'm really trying to explore how, how to do that, like how to connect with people in person. And I've, and I've really noticed too, that the, the people that have worked with me, most of them have known me in some capacity for, for a while. And so I'm recognizing that there's this piece of, especially I think for the kind of work I I had been doing, I think the the current focus is a little bit less deeply personal, but Mm -hmm. some of the coaching work I was doing before was so deeply personal that, you know, people would not have wanted to do that with someone that they didn't know. Right. And the fact that they knew me, you know, they met me at a retreat or they, 
were in a class with me once, or, you know, they, we've been friends on Facebook for five years, you know, (laughs) like that made a difference. And so just noticing that the people that, and I loved working with those people because, you know, like we were talking about with my podcast that I like to go deep. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can hold space for other people to do that and feel really safe and supported, but they've kind of need to know me and trust me. And that takes a while. And it takes actually getting to know me in person sometimes. And so how do I get out of my cozy little home office mm-hmm. so that people can get to know me? Um, and I really haven't, you know, and I'm saying all that while also admitting that I really haven't cracked that nut yet. I don't quite know how to do that. And, you know, and people say, oh, like, just just plan some talks. And yeah. You're I like, don't. yeah. Yeah, except what? <laughs> what do I talk about? It. Yeah. Where do I go? Well, and I've been in the <laughs> same also, space. How do I schedule you know? it? Because I don't have very much work time. You know, I work around. Yeah. My yeah. Sorry, I'm totally jumping the bit to jump in on that too. No, because <laughs> I love, I love the question. I think it's especially those um, audience folk who are coaching or. Well, I think especially coaching, like it's one of those really hard things. I love that you've kind of called out. It's hard to explain and it's easy to fall back on, like you said, like the top five things coaching will do for you. I mean, because they're all true and they're authentic and we are being truthful and saying them. But then there is something very deep and personal about it. I've found most of my what most of my clients have also come from a place of they know me or know somebody I know and they know they can trust me before they even walk into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those easier said than done things when somebody's like, well, just schedule a meetup. And you're like, do what? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird space. Yeah. It is a tough nut to crack, as you said. Yeah, and you know... Of course, you know, the the thing that we do when we're like, I don't know how to market my business, you go on the internet and you find a marketing class. And, you know, so there's that whole, there's a whole long topic there about trusting yourself Mm, (laughs) in your own style. But, you know, I have taken some marketing classes and I think marketing is actually kind of interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I sort of geek out about marketing, but it's, it's easy when it, or I should say it's easier when you have say a business coaching or a health coaching model, you know, you can say the benefits of this work are whatever you're going to, you know, reduce your gas and bloating. If you're a health coach, you're going to understand exactly what, what foods to eat to reach your, you know, weight goals. Um, or a business coach, you know, I will help you write your homepage. Like that's really measurable. Like to go back and to the tangible. Point. Yeah. It's totally, t- it's tangible. It's measurable. You know, where my work is like, you know, yeah, maybe I, you know, the tangible parts are maybe I can help you get your to-do list down to something that you can actually tackle in one day. So that's a fairly, you know, strategic <laughs> and clear <laughs> tangible goal. But, but also the real thing that I'm working with you on is giving you permission Mm. to know what you want and don't want to do in your business. And I'm giving you permission to be away from your kid for four hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and yeah, that's just harder to talk about. Yeah. And people don't know they need it until they have it. That's the other thing. It's like, they're not Googling. I need permission to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I need time for myself. I mean, they might Google that, but then, yeah, it's, it is one of those kind of nebulous thing that's hard to describe, but I mean, I'm in full agreement with you that like now that I have been through coach training and been coached quite a bit, like I know myself better than I ever did before. And I feel more comfortable making decisions and giving mm-hmm. myself permission to do things. And maybe that's, maybe that right there is our marketing copy, but <laughs> yeah, because yeah. It, it's the things that you that are the result of, but it's hard. It's still hard to communicate to somebody who is like, but why would I pay money? Like, um, why would I engage someone to do that when I don't know them? Yeah. It's a, right. it's a weird, it right. is a really circular yeah, thing. And, and, you know, marketing is really all about talking to your ideal clients struggles. And so that's where my get unstuck package came from originally, because I looked mm-hmm. back yes. at all my notes of all the people I had talked to in the last you know year and most of them said, I'm stuck on X, I'm stuck on Y, I'm stuck on Z. And I was like, well, I helped them all <laughs> get unstuck. So let me right. target right there. People feel stuck sometimes. I love it. Yeah. Well, in a good, you said it's 90, in 90 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah like, 90 minutes and then a follow-up. So it's like a, like a, over a two-week program. That is so awesome. Because, yeah, really, I mean, I can I, you and I can both vouch for the fact that you, you can really get through some, oh my gosh. some yeah. territory. 90, 90 minutes is awesome. I mean, I had one client who just had a 30-minute call with me, and she got unstuck on something. <laughs> and she was probably ready. I mean, she came to me, like, ready to make that decision, and she just needed someone to hold the space yeah. to hear her talk it out. But, you know, in 90 minutes, oh, my gosh, you can do so much. You can't. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that package. Um, well, let's talk about, so what danger zone here for project managers? Yeah. <laughs> what tools, <laughs> books, fun things have you been, like, playing with to either simplify or bring more joy to your life and business? Yeah, so I'm totally going to go the project manager. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because what has been really getting me excited lately, honestly, has been like putting together a custom planner for myself that totally fits my life exactly the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, using fun notebooks to keep track of, you know, all my various inputs and plans and ideas. Um, and figuring out how to use Asana, yes. which is a project management um, online tool, if you don't know it, what it is. Um, although recently, some people have been talking about Trello, and I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe I should check out Trello, but I'm trying not to get distracted. <laughs> Right. I just want to use one tool. So yeah, so that's been what's really been exciting for me. And, you know, and I tried bullet journaling, you know, on the planner front. So I tried bullet journaling. Mm-hmm. I've tried, I used to use the get to work book, which if you guys don't know the get to work book. It's very cool. It's, um, what is her name? Elise. Wasn't she on your show recently? Elise Blaha. Maybe I think it was somebody else. I- yeah, no, she hasn't been on, but no. I will contact her immediately. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's really fun. So she designed this really awesome day planner called the Get mm-hmm. to Workbook, and she's all about um, getting your stuff done. Like she is, she is a get it doneer, which I love. Um, but it's big; <laughs> it's really big, and I couldn't yeah. carry it out of my bag. So I had this like, I love this planner, but it's too big. So I discovered that she sells a version of her planner in an A five size that's uh-huh. un- unbound. So I found covers that fit it, and then. Um, I designed some of my own pages and now, so now I'm all like in InDesign. And so I'm making a new freebie for my site. That's going to be a planner page. I'm like super excited about like, now I might plan my own planner, but create my own planner. Um, yeah. So that's, what's getting me really juiced right now. I feel so geeky talking about this. Oh no. Oh, so I'm, I use a blue sky planner that sweetest thing ever. My son bought me for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I may have pointed him out pointed it out for but like I love that it has multiple areas like it has a to-do it has call email and it has errands and then notes and then each thing uh-huh. for like a different day but I'm so visual I have to have a month at a glance with the little boxes or there's no other way for me to really like juggle a podcast and other things if I can't see what I'm doing in a day so yeah. I yeah. I think it's so deeply personal but I think when you find a planner that works it's like such it's so awesome and can totally light you up. So I love yeah. that you're sharing some of your stuff um, because I think it's neat to see how other people do it. Cause there's better ways for sure than what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, back to that, a whole idea about productivity for me yeah. being about doing less. So this, this planner page that I'm designing um, has a place on it. So it has a schedule on one side and then it has a top three. Cause I find that to be really um, important is like, what are your top three priorities? Mm, your yes. top three tasks of the day. And then, and then it has a to-do list and then it has a place for what you're going to not do. Because I, I think that there, that's a really interesting piece of what we need to think about in planning our day is what are we going to let go of? Like, what are mm. we just going to not worry about today? Yes. So I've got a little spot for that. And that then seems gotta... so zen. Like, I'm just letting this shit go because <laughs> yeah. I know where my brain's already going to go on that. Like, you kind of have to know your process, but that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a little spot for what your self-care is going to be because we don't put that shit on our to-do list. <laughs> and we no, should. But we so, should. But yeah. we should. So it's I've got a little spot for that. Um, so it's kind of an experiment. You know, it's sort of based on what works for me. And mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to see what people think of it. Um Hopefully it'll be live by the time this podcast goes out so people can check it out and let me know because I'd love I'm gonna to I'm going to link it up. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait to see it. I think that sounds inspired and helpful. Yeah. And, and so now that I've done one, you know, now that I've conquered InDesign <laughs> enough to do the page, I'm, I'm, now I have lots of ideas. Like, oh, I, like, I got the bug. 
and see how that project management is coming back. Like you kind of have to yeah. know yeah. yourself. You have to know how people think and how to plan things. Like, yeah. yes. It all yeah. comes back, friends. I think that's one of the big things. Like, <laughs> and I think, so there was, I'll have to link this one too. I keep talking about Natalie Ekdahl right today, but like on her, she has an episode with one of her PR people that's going to speak at her big conference. But she's talking about how all the stuff that she did. And she was like, I never want to do any of that again. And then she's like, guess what I'm doing right now? (laughs) Just it's the new version. And she was in PR and publicity. And like, she was talking about how now that's the thing that she keeps going back to, but she's done Mm -hmm. a spin on it. That's like a little bit more. She also has a life coaching certification and they talk about too, how that is such a great skill set to have regardless of where you're at. So it was, it was really kind of eye opening for, uh, for the journey where many of us are on in the friendpreneur space. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is really interesting because, of course, I was a project manager because the, that's my natural skill set. I mean, I was a good project manager because, yeah. I, you know, I'm organized and I like to break things down. And I, you know, like it's a fun puzzle to me where mm-hmm. other people are like, never would I do that. It does not sound fun at all. Yeah, that sounds hellish. Me, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I love to do that. Like I used to joke that I organized my sock drawer for fun because I like to Me see too. organized, you know. It's just it's the personality. <laughs> my, closet, my clothes, like right. my color, because yeah, that's how exactly. <laughs> I love this. So yes. just this whole idea of coming back to that piece and it in you know, the idea that I was so actively turning away from those parts of myself because I didn't want a certain kind of job anymore. Um, like I just, mm. I feel so much more integrated now that I'm like, oh yeah, I do kind of love that stuff. <laughs> yes. I'm going to embrace that, that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the part where we do turn it away because there's an aspect of whatever it was that we didn't like. Yeah. But then how do you kind of reinvent yourself around that piece and use it? Cause it is your superpower. Yeah. Like you said, it's like a core thing that you're just really good at and it comes so natural. But how do you make it something you love doing instead of you're like, oh, I got to go in. That boss is going to stare at me weird and I'm late because I have a kid. Like, I'm just, that's my inner critic. We just tapped into her, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And and for me, that that piece, that little magical piece was that realization that my whole deal around productivity is to make more room rather than to do more in the room. You know, it's to actually do less, like make room and then do less with it. I'm writing that one down. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's jump into, is there a final tidbit of inspiration or joy you would like to share with our other friendpreneurs out there? Oh, yeah. You know, I was thinking about this question before we got on the line and I, and I've got like four things. So (laughs) lay them off. We need four things. Yeah. So let's see. So um, the first thing I wanted, I wanted to talk about was this idea of looking at your past to see where you're going. So this is part of where I got to my real clarity about who I want to work with was that I looked back at the people I loved working with and what were the commonalities around them. Mm. Um, But it also applies to this piece about the project management. Like what was, what did I used to be really good at? What did I used to really enjoy doing? Oh yeah. I like organizing. I like, you know, taking pieces, you know, taking projects apart and making them really easy to accomplish. Yes. And then be really specific. So, you know, for people who are trying to build their business or are feeling maybe uninspired in their business, this may be a process that can really get you back into alignment with what you really enjoy because they're, who's got time for a business that's not what they enjoy, right? And maybe that means you have to shift your business a bit, or maybe that means you have to shift your target market a bit, but that's okay. You can do that. We're all allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next the next tidbit is about getting help. And that may mean hiring a coach. That might mean, you know, a business coach. It might mean hiring a personal coach if you've got, you know, if you're stuck about how to earn more money or, you know, if you need mindset help, like, you know, that could be a personal coach or a business coach. Um, and one of the things that I did when I was doing that that process of looking back at the clients I loved working with is I actually had just hired someone to sort of talk that out with me. Uh, uh, yes. And, it, and yeah, maybe I could have done it by myself. It might've taken longer, but having someone just like taking notes, like listening to me and taking notes and saying what I heard you say was, 
mm-hmm. mirroring. <laughs> so yeah, just doing basic mirroring. That made that process go so fast. And I came out of that session. I just did one session and I came out of that session with, I know exactly who I want to work with now. Yes. Well, you know, and and it's so interesting. I'm going to jump in if you don't mind, but like, especially as like external processors. So if I think I made this term up as well, but like, if you're the kind of person that like you find yourself and women more likely are more likely to be this way than men, but like, if you find yourself, like, I wish I could talk through this or, you know, one of your greatest joys is talking something through with a girlfriend or or a friend, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, if you're that person, then yeah, do yourself a favor and, and, and make a small, could be small investment of just check, you know, chat it out with somebody mm-hmm. It's a good, a good person can mirror it back to you and say, this is what I hear you saying. Is that right? And that's yeah. just like the biggest gift. Yeah. And absolutely. You could, you know, you might have a friend who's really good at, I have a friend who's really good at that. Um, but if you don't have a friend, <laughs> you can hire right. a friend. <laughs> oh, easily. <laughs> well, and you. it's, yeah. And that is a coach loves to, well, I love to do that. You love to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then actually I only have three. I thought I had four. So three, the third one is about building structure. And so I, mm-hmm. I know this is kind of a hard sell for those of us who don't have this um, weird sock organizing gene. <laughs> uh, or as fly lady calls it, you're not born organized. That's, exactly. I love that exactly. term so much. Yeah. Um, but let me let me talk about why it's important, even if it doesn't come naturally to you, because it's part of that piece of creating more time to do less with. And it also it makes all your decisions easier. And decision fatigue is a thing. And yes. when we have decision fatigue in our business, um, I think it bleeds over into our personal life. So for me, when I'm feeling really overwhelmed with my business and I don't know what to do and I feel like I'm, you know, just spinning my wheels, I'm frustrated with my daughter and my house is a mess, you know, so like it bleeds into the rest of my life. So there's this, the idea of building structure in your business is to give you space. So, and by structure, I mean, you know, know for sure really clearly who you're working with, because then it's really easy to write to that person. If you're creating content or talk to that person or market to that person, you have way less decisions to make. Um, And then the structure of knowing what priority thing, like what are the priority of things that you need to do in your business? You know, what... So instead of spending a little bit of time doing this project and a little bit of time doing that project, you know, what's the most important thing and you can work on it until it's done. Yes. Um, And, you know, I, I recognize I work with a lot of creative people and I am a creative person too. I'm an artist as well as a, what, isn't that a weird combination? I'm a. (laughs) It's a unique skill set. Yeah. (laughs) But I think some people are, I mean, and maybe that's where the fly lady piece of like being born organized, it could, that skill set can show up any, in any combination, but I think it is unusual if you're more left brain organ, like left brain oriented. Yeah. Right. And so, but this applies for left brain people too, even though I know there is a lot of resistance for people, especially who are really attached to that left brain identity, you know, well, I'm an artist, I'm a whatever I can't, I can't organize. Well, you can, you can learn that skill. It's just a skill. Um, Even if you're not born organized, you can learn how to do it better Mm -hmm. than you do now. Yeah. And it gives you freedom. And and that's why I think it's important. It gives you the freedom to do what you want to do mm-hmm. um, instead of just spinning your wheels all the time, which is just exhausting. So it is. Yeah. Yes. This is going to be in my head for a long time about the create structure to create more space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't you? I'm so <laughs> glad you were on. Thank of you. course. So happy to be here. Donia, thank you so much for joining me this week. It really is a treat to have you on, and I am so excited about your show and where you've taken it. If you guys want to find out more about Donia and her show, you can find all the links to her site and her podcast at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Donia, D-O-N-A, how she spells her first name. And be sure and check out Donia's podcast, which is called Nurturing Habit. You can also find that in any of the regular podcasting apps. Next week on the show, I am going to be doing a solo cast on the four tenets of joy that I really see have bubbled up for me as kind of the pillars of what this show has been about over the last three years and the things that really draw me in from a joy perspective. 
So the four things are playfulness, inspiration, mindset or coaching, which I kind of lump in the same thing together, and then taking action or actionable steps that you can take towards the thing that brings you joy. And so I really want to unpack those. There's been several really fundamental interviews and learnings over just even the last three months. I haven't had the chance yet to really unpack with you guys. So I'm really excited about talking them in a little more detail in next week's show. I can't believe we're at episode 140 and I hope you'll come back for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.